So the big question is this. How do most agents who don't have access to the secrets that the top agents hoard to themselves grow and prosper in today's real estate environment? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. I'm Pat Hyben, and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. And now, for the review of the day. Got a five-star review from Butch Sells SV from San Jose, California. Five stars. Listen and learn and get motivated to take action at the same time. Butch says, Pat, thank you for your show. Not only do you and your amazing guests provide so many tips and techniques that can be put into action right away, but your show continues to serve as a motivational for me whenever I feel lost and beaten and a bit hopeless. I am a new agent and I'm trying still to get used to the feast and famine cycle of being a realtor. Sad face. I'm getting so much from your show that now I'm running out of excuses not to be successful in real estate. I really love the part when you ask your guests what they'll do with the $2,000 in a laptop on an island. I appreciate you calling your guests BS at times. Yeah! Part of my two-year goal is to be on your show someday and meet you and break bread with you. Keep it up, Pat. Thanks again, Butch. Butch, thanks for the five-star review, my brother. Keep the comments coming, guys. I love them. And remember, I eat feedback for breakfast, so give me a one-star review if you want or a five-star review if you want. I don't care. And the more reviews we get, the better guests we get. So please, subscribe first. And then leave us a review or wherever you're listening. All right, Rockstar Nation, I got a great guest today. Listen, this is the first time he's been on, and I've been wanting to get him on for a long time. And I finally get to do it. I got Josh Cunningham owns a company called Rockerbox which has gone through phenomenal, phenomenal growth in the real estate sales space. And, you know, we were talking before we started recording and, you know, two of the statistics that jumped right out of my head is 75% of the workforce in 2025, get this 2025, which isn't that far away, is going to be considered a millennial, right? And right now, 33 and a third percent of all home buyers that are buying are considered to be millennials. And there's a lot of cool stuff that Josh is doing at Rockerbox with millennials, with millennial leads, with because by the way, his company basically is a follow-up company for real estate leads. I mean, from day one, they've been a real estate agent company that services real estate agents. We're gonna get all into that, but uh, but there's a lot of fun topics to talk about today. I'm excited to get him. Josh, welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. Hey, thanks so much, Pat. It's been a, an honor and a pleasure being a guest here on your show. Uh, glad we finally got to connect. Hey, why don't you give everybody a little rundown on yourself so they get to know you better? Sure. So my name is Josh Cunningham. I'm the founder and CEO here at Rockerbox. You might think, what in the heck is a Rockerbox? That's an old gold mining tool that they used in the 19th century to separate sand and gravel from gold. 
And uh, our company nowadays is analogous to that. We basically take all those internet leads and we scrub them and find the, the little flakes of gold, uh, also known as hot buyers and sellers. But essentially, my, my path really got jump-started uh, back in 2011. I was one of the first three employees at Viral Marketing and got to work side-by-side with Frank Klesitz, a really, really good friend of mine. And Frank and I spent about two years traveling the country, going to every single real estate event we could get our hands on, buying our way into masterminds, attending you know big conferences, little conferences, all the different coaching events, all the different franchises. And essentially, we were there just on the on boots on the ground, growing viral marketing, helping people get better, you know, more conversion from their database. But uh, along the way, is I got really rub elbows with a lot of the industry leaders and, and get to learn and understand, you know, what made them tick, what made them successful, but most importantly, what made them frustrated. And uh, as you can imagine, the seed was planted um, earlier on at a Boomtown Mastermind back in 2011, where basically 80% of the room had some sort of complaint about speed to lead or lead or follow up. Uh, you know, their agents weren't doing it. And so there needed to be some type of solution. So my path started, Rockerbox started in 2013 as really a one-time project. Um, I set out to help one agent hire an ISA and, uh, you know, handle all the leads. And uh, very quickly, when you take someone who's unlicensed and you train them how to make a bunch of phone calls and schedule appointments, well, they go out and they get their real estate license. And so we were back to square one. And uh, that was about six years ago. And that's when I decided, you know, the, the work's not hard. It's, it's just a matter of get, waking up every single day and committing to, to making the calls and doing them consistently and persistently. And so I just needed a talent pool. And so that's when I came back to College Station, Texas, which is uh, you know, home to Texas A&M. And uh, despite all the Aggie jokes, it's actually a very prestigious university. Uh, we get typically the top 10% of the high school graduating class. And uh, most of the students come here with some sort of, you know, interest in um, entrepreneurship, real estate. Um, you know, there's lots of great uh, programs here um, for people to then pursue their young professional career in sales and uh, sales related activities. So we kind of borrow their time while they're, while they're here in College Station and we hire them um, as client care representatives to basically do all the fantastic follow-up work for our clients from coast to coast and uh, make all those, those phone calls and um, identify all the hot and ready opportunities on, on their behalf. And so that was what we, the mission that we started out on six, six years ago. It started as me, myself, and I operation. And then over the course of the, the six years, I, I basically started hiring those college students, was that, which as you know, are millennials. And um, through you know, basically tapping into their talents and tapping into their uh, unique skills and abilities was able to build a very successful uh, company that's, um, uh, you know, we now call ourselves a premium ISA solution. And so, you know, today I'm here to kind of share some of those, uh, those hard earned uh, lessons that we learned in the hiring and the training and the retaining of millennial talent. Um, because we've done it, that's, that's our 100% our talent pool. You know, we've hired and trained over 250 ISAs now over the last six years. So got some good lessons learned. And again, like I said, I got to where I was in, in this industry by just going to different learning events and, and listening to those around me. And so anytime I have an opportunity to give back to the community, uh, I'd love to take out some time on my schedule to do exactly that. So thanks for having me on the show today, Pat. Yeah, that's awesome, dude. Okay, so, so uh, do you know Terrence Murphy? Yes, I do. Yeah, yes, he was, we, we were at school here at A&M at the same time, actually. Oh, is that right? Okay, yep. so yeah, so he was just on episode 777. Yep. Lucky sevens. Uh, yeah. Great, great episode. So yeah, that's cool, man. That's a small world. So all right, cool. So you know, you got this busy office, you got all these people running around, right? The majority of them are obvious millennials if they're in college. Let's talk about some nitty gritty here, right? Like, so mm-hmm. So what, what do I need to know about, 
I'm, I want to talk about, let's first and foremost, let's talk about selling houses to millennials, right? One in three currently buyers in the marketplace are millennials. What are some mistakes that real estate agents out there are doing in not catering to millennials? Well, what's interesting is we're, we're always obviously studying the ins and outs of online lead conversion. And every year when the NAR report comes out, I you know absolutely dissect it and, and, and figure out where are people going, what's what are home buyer behaviors like. And every year, it's you know it always gives us the reason for why we exist, uh, why Rockerbox exists at least, and that's because everybody is going online to search for homes. It doesn't matter how old you are what age, what demographic, like right, everybody, everybody even yeah, old people, right? Everybody's going online exactly yeah. to search for homes. This year I did a little bit deeper uh, dive into figure out like if everybody's going online to search for homes, you know, what are they still needing a real estate agent for? Because if mm. all the information is just public information now, what are they still seeing as needing the value for a real estate? Of course, agent? That's a big question that a lot of agents are really starting to fear and wonder. And uh, obviously, the, it's a rhetorical question because it's, you know, in the relationship. If you haven't built the relationship, you, you, you know, you're going to lose them to a robot or a dog with a lockbox key tied around its neck. But so what you, you tell me, right? Like in the millennial landscape, right? What do we need to be doing, dude? Yep. So here's the thing. What, what a lot of people probably assume is that, oh, millennials, they love this technology. I'm providing them the technology. So now I've earned their business. That's, that's not the case because in mm -hmm. real estate, again, what, you're not selling the, the, the house. What you're selling is the professional services. Mm -hmm. So this is actually straight from NARS report this year. It was the, the top benefits provided by a real estate agent. This is super important for everybody to remember because- Everybody uh, write this down. This is good. NARS report, Yes. right? The top benefits- of a real estate, is this per millennials? Yeah, well, it has it. It's segmented by age, but what's really important is what sits at the top and what sits at the bottom of the list. But what Let's sits at the very top of the list is that they helped the buyer understand the process. Oh my gosh, can you believe that? That that's the number one advantage that they would see in a, in a professional is that the professional would actually help them through the process that they right. are professional. In. Right. They don't. Yeah. You know. They 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 made sure that they were crystal clear. They explained it like a third yeah. grader could understand if that was necessary for the buyer. And I think so many agents are guilty of that where they just rush through it. They just rush through everything and assume, it, you, you know, that you understand what the hell, that they understand what the hell you're talking about. In reality, they're like, I have no idea what that means. Mm -hmm. You're using all these words that I don't know. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? That just pisses them off. Yep. Yep. And that's the, that's the number one for millennials. He heavier weighted, the younger they get, obviously, because for most of them, it's their first purchase. So they would want to know, they want to get some professional guidance on what's the process going to look like. So that's, that's your job to counsel them on that, to be that professional, to provide them that, that feedback and that guidance. Number two, pointed out unnoticed features and faults with the property. Again, anybody can look on the internet and look at pictures of homes and, and go, I like that home. Mm. Right. But it's, it's your responsibility as a licensed realtor to actually help them point out the unnoticed features and faults. Right. We're, we're in this very information overload, instant gratification society that we live in, especially millennials. However, we still seek a lot and see a lot of value in a human being actually being able to help us point out those unnoticed features. Yeah. I can, I can remember, and this was like 20 years ago, I can remember a mentor of mine once telling me, Every single house that you show to somebody, you need to go to where the 
the water pipe goes outside to the curb, right? The water pipe goes outside to the curb. And you need to look at it, and, and you look for the color blue. And if it's blue, it's polybutylene pipes. And then you need to say to them this sentence or these couple of sentences, which was, you know, this is polybutylene pipes. They were used and did it, did it, right? They, they could break and didn't explain it. Like a third grader can understand, mm-hmm. right? And that became like part of every single house showing. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and I think that's kind of the point, right? Is like there needs to be like 10 of those things that the brokers and team leaders are teaching their agents that says, you know, every single house you show, you need to do this yep. right? and do say this. Say this. Yep. Just, you just can't assume, you know, oh, a home inspector is going to take care of it. Yep. Yeah, my first sales job back in the day was coming up in retail at Best Buy and it was selling people the uh, surge protectors, the battery backups, you know, and there was this thing, you go here, you stand here, you draw this diagram, you explain to people what that looks like to make them more educated about about their investment, about their process. Number three here, as far as what they saw, the benefits provided by a real estate agent is that they negotiated a better sales contract. That that one was kind of obvious to me. But number four here is they provided a better list of service providers. Again, think about that. You, most people get lost in this myth that you sell homes. You don't sell homes, you sell professional services. And as part of the professional services, I want to be able to rely on you for everything, for all of my real estate needs. You know, in, let me, in, let me, let, let, let's go through this four again. Tell me the four again. Okay, so number one, and this is again heavier weighted at millennials, they love this stuff, is to help them understand the buying process. Help them understand the buying process, which yep. basically means everything. Right, you need to know everything. You know, I had an agent talking to me the other day, and, and he was like, "Man, I got these buyers," and da 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 da. And I said, "You know," I said, "You know," he said they, he was struggling something about the loan. I said, "What are their credit scores?" He said, "I don't know." I said, "What are their ratios?" He said, "I don't know." I was like, "Dude, you suck!" Right? I mean, <laughs> how, how do you expect to be any better? He goes like, "Oh, that's for the lender." I was like, "No, it's not for the lender. That's you should under." Just think if there's two agents and one of them understands, you know, what a credit score means and whether or not they're going to be able to qualify or not, and also understands how to do freaking ratios on a loan. And, you know, it's not that hard to learn. It just makes that agent that much better and offering that much more of a service. And going to your point, point number one, can explain the home buying process. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. Something that we all take for granted, right? What's number two? Number Number two two is that you got to point out unnoticed features and faults with the property Mm. and then negotiate a better sales contract is number three. And then number four is provide a better list of service providers, like a home inspector, right? More than just you, more than just you doing your job, but can you provide them, you know, their, their professional counsel that they're going to need for this entire real estate service transaction to transaction. So that's what's at the top. And the reason why I point out what's at the top is that you'll be amazed, or maybe some of you will be amazed at what's at the bottom. And this is probably what I feel like people hold as their highest perceived value that they offer. And at the bottom of this list is expanded the buyer's search area and narrowed the buyer's search area. (laughs) Right? So, I mean, so many people like put all this hope and praise into their website with the pictures and the homes. And I got the e-alerts and the e-alerts are all customized and I'm going to customize them up real good. It's like, they don't, they don't need you for that. That's literally the bottom of the list. They don't care. They don't need you to tell them which home that they like. It's a very instant gratification information overload society that we live in nowadays. Like 
I mean, who watches TV, live television these days? We don't. We, we want what we want, when we want it, how we want it, at our fingertips. There it is. We're going to self-serve ourselves all the information and basically find the home that we want online. Most people do. That's another statistic. Most people say that the, 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 the home that they wound up purchasing, they actually found it online, uh, 49% of people, whereas 31% of people say they actually found it through an agent. So again, not only the perceived value, but the actual value is not there. So that's the thing. People are going to go online. They're going to self-serve themselves their information. They're going to find the home that they want. Your opportunity is to basically intercept them while they're online and serve them real value, yeah, sir. real professional services. I think I'm going to change my questions when I have a top agents on here, you know, on the show is, uh, you know, what are you pointing out when showing houses that other agents aren't pointing out? What are you pointing out when listing houses that other agents aren't pointing out? What are you, how are you better explaining the buyer process to your buyers? Yep. 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 Because that's the, that's, that's the fight. I know a lot of people talk about it are the days of the real estate agent numbered, you know, is extinction on the horizon, but that's, that's the real profound way to still establish value is to provide those services to people. You know, we still need a human to help us point out the unnoticed features to help us explain, you know, in basic, you know, common day terms, what's this process going to look like? What is What are the next steps? What is, what do you need from me? What do I need? To, what, what should I be motivated by and, 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 and taking action on next? So oh. now that I know the professional aspects of what a millennial is looking for in an agent, what, what, are, what are some of the personal aspects? You know what I mean? Like how, let's say I want to match and mirror or, or, or change my personality so that I'm more appealing to millennials. What, what are, what's some advice there? Yeah, I mean, a lot of people stereotypically are, you know, going to make claims about being technology driven, which is obviously something we're a big fan of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have, there's lots of uh, you know, mobile search sites. There's lots of good texting integration through CRM. Text the millennial, right? Don't, yeah. Don't, yeah. Yeah, okay. texting, texting the millennial. Don't call them, right? <laughs> well, no, millennials do, do still appreciate to be called, but just being engaged with the, the form of communication that they want to be engaged in. A lot of times people get stuck in their own form of communication, like, you know, some people might prefer email. And so if they, if they don't respond via email, that doesn't mean they're ignoring you. It just might not be their primary. They don't check it. I got, yeah. Yeah. My kids, <laughs> checking, my, you might my have kids. to Facebook message them, you know? Absolutely. Like, yeah. So that, so that's the thing is being adaptable to whatever form of communication they're on. Some people are email, some people are text, some people are WhatsApp, some people are Facebook. You got to learn to be adaptable. So that, what that, else? that would just be the, the general over. The other thing is too, again, since someone is going to be buying into your expertise and someone's going to be, you know, hopefully buying into this, someone understanding the process and someone going, being able to walk them through the, the, the real estate purchase, you need to be able to market that. You need to be able to have an abundance of social proof that you are that. Because if I go and Google slap you, or if Google I go- Google slap me. What's yeah, that? Google slap. You just go type their name in Google and see what pops up, right? <laughs> okay. You can do the same thing on all social media accounts. Absolutely, but yeah. If yeah. you're supposed to be the local market expert, and mm. I Google slap you or I Facebook slap you or I look at your Instagram page and the last post that you had was, you know, a year and a half ago, you posted Happy President's Day on your Facebook page. That, it doesn't look like you, you don't exist, right? So th that's the thing. Have you ever heard the joke? Like, you know, if you, if you work out, but you don't post it on Instagram, it didn't actually count. <laughs> well, that, that's, yeah, yeah. That's, that's kind of the world that millennials live in. Like you, you want to make fun of their engagement in social media, but a lot of times that social world is a more important world than the actual real world that we exist in. So if you don't exist in that social world, 
guess what? You don't exist at all. Well, that's a great point. This, this is an excellent point, guys. I actually had this come up with me. I, I was looking at hiring somebody. And then part of their job was going to be, you know, in charge of our social media sites. And I looked at their social media sites and it was exactly what Josh just said. It was like, you know, there were pictures from our wedding, which was like three years ago. And mm-hmm. like, the, the, they're like right there as if they were brand new. You know what I mean? I, I looked at the last post and it was like nine months ago. And, mm-hmm. you know, um, and, and it just, you know, you could just tell. Right, that they they just weren't into it, and yep. so I didn't hire them. I just like you know you're not you're just not into it. Yep. You know, you could say you understand it, but you're not into it. Yeah, they're, they're more and more and more uh, millennial consumers, as well as we're also talking about the millennial workforce here. They're going to be more attracted to a a purpose or a mission or something more meaningful than just a job or just a company. So mm. if you're just a uh, if you're just a real estate company, you're just going to help me transact real estate. And I go online and I look at your social representation of yourself and you're just, you know, you, you have some posts from three years ago that's totally dated. Then it looks to me like you don't, you don't exist socially. So how, how, can right? I, how can an agent benefit from that, right? If, if, no matter what, you're getting Google slapped. Whether you, guys, listen to this. Whether you like it or not, you're getting Google slapped, right? Yeah. So if, if, if one-third of your people you're dealing with are millennials, they're Google slapping you. And the question is, Josh, how, how can the real estate agents that are listening – past said Google slap test besides making sure they posted some, you know, yesterday, what else can they do to, to show that working with them, there's something in it more than the money. Like there's something, like you said, there's more of a, a purpose in it. Yep. Yeah, that, that yeah, that's that's you're absolutely right. You got to convey that through your marketing, and you, How? you obviously don't do that by just saying we're a purpose-driven organization. But you do it through obviously proof of results. You know, one of the big things we do here at Rockerbox uh, is we we celebrate our employee anniversaries. So you would think in an environment where we're calling internet leads day in and day out that that we wouldn't have very good uh, customer or employee retention, but we actually have excellent customer retention because or, I'm sorry, employee retention because we built an incredible environment and we've made it known to our employees that this is the first step in their young professional career and that the skills and the abilities that they'll, that they'll gain here are going to set them up for success when they walk the stage. Mm. So there's a whole culture surrounding that, that, um, you know, whenever someone is here for an entire year, it's a celebration. You know, I mean, someone is actually, they've probably moved up a couple steps in the ladder. They've definitely demonstrated a good commitment to the company. They've probably been in a bunch of different events. They've created some great friendships here. So we actually make a, a social post about it. We make a little Facebook post and we write up a little blurb about them and who they are and where they're from and what they're here studying. Uh, so if you go to, yeah, go to facebook.com and, and look us up on there. It's Rockerbox. It's spelled a little weird, R-O-K-R-B-O-X. But you will notice at least a handful of posts each month that go out where we're celebrating an employee anniversary. So if you were to think about signing up for Rockerbox and think, well, I wonder who these people are as a brand. You can go to Facebook and you Facebook slap us and you start scrolling through our news feed. You celebrate your people. You celebrate your team. Celebrate one year anniversary. Family. Celebrate your friends. If you're you're celebratory Mm -hmm. to the human race. Mm -hmm. It's called personifying the brand. Mm. personifying the brand you got to humanize what it is that you do and so that's how you can do it through social media we're obviously not saying we're a purpose-driven organization but we can say congratulations so-and-so on your one-year anniversary we look forward to many years anything else like like you know you know putting out how about putting out like uh, gofundmes and things like that here's something i found you know no experience doing gofundmes but again for me Whenever, again, my background, I started with viral marketing back in 2011, helping people make videos. 
to create top of mind awareness for their for their database. So that was kind of a little ahead of its time back in 2011. They're obviously a rock and rolling company still to this day. But I think the advice that I gave to people even back then when they were shooting their first video blog video is the same advice that I give people today. And that's just to be authentic and to be yourself because you definitely can't go Oh wow! I heard these strategies on this on this podcast that I need to start creating this content. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go out and start. So the, the key is be, be, be authentic. Don't be, be a dick, authentic. right? They don't want to be. They don't want to look you up. Yeah. And be like, this dude is uptight. This guy is full of it because you know he's probably got all this rust under his hood. Yet he's <laughs> posting all these pictures on here. Yeah. With this seersucker suit on, and and you you know what I mean. They they yeah. want you to be basically, even if you have to do it on purpose, guys. Get put some put some put a t shirt on on a photograph and put it up there, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, right? You know, yeah, that's interesting. You know, but be you don't real. have to. Yeah, you don't have to become some some character uh, and start pretending to be somebody that you're not. I mean, it's, it's the authenticity. It's the reason why you're, you've had so many podcast episodes, Pat is your authenticity. Like people come back because they know you're not playing some character right now. You're raw and you're real and you're to the point and that's what people appreciate. And that's what's, what's casted you such a great audience. So it's the same thing with everybody. You know, you don't have to do it with the end result to have a thousand podcasts, but you just have to have something out there. It actually, it actually, yeah, it actually it actually helps. Like if you're like double thinking or double guessing, you know whether to have that photo of you drinking a PBR and eating a hot dog um, at a barbecue, whether you should put it on there. Unequivocally, you should because, contrary to popular belief, you know if you don't have that photo, you know some millennials might look at that thing and be like, you know, this guy's too uptight. It's fake, yep. Yeah, he's fake. He's a false prophet. So, okay. So let's talk about what, what about retaining them? Let's say I run a team of real estate agents. Let's say I'm a broker Mm -hmm. and I have hundreds of agents working under me. And, um, of those hundreds, you know, you know, a massive portion of them are millennials. And by 2025, 75% of my agents are going to be millennials. What, what advice do you have for that broker or for that person running the team to make sure that they don't um, leave to make sure that they're happy and, and you know, that sort of thing. So we've got a, we've got a couple different culture tools, as I like to call them that we've developed over the last couple of years, just through some hard earned uh, failures as we always as like to fail forward here. But, you know, one of the first tools that we implemented was a, uh, uh, was an observation and, and that's sort of setting the expectation for the hire upfront. We actually, in the early days when we were just hiring basically people who we felt would be a really good fit for the job, we hired them with some ambiguous job posting. We ran them through an interview and then threw them in the, to the wolves on the first day, and they had no idea that they were going to be making a bunch of phone calls to a bunch of internet leads. And literally on one guy's first day, uh, you know, he was being trained uh, by one of our trainers and about 15, 20 minutes in the shift, he's being shown all the dialers and all the CRMs and all the technologies. And he's like, you mind if I uh, head to the restroom for a, for a minute? And uh, he had done the restroom, gone. He never came back ever again. And so we realized Are you that. Yeah, we realized we weren't setting the right expectation. You know, there's no point in luring people in and tricking them to do work. Like you want to set the expectations very clear up front. So that's when we sort of hit the brakes on our hiring process and said, before we actually bring them in to do the work, let's bring them in to to view the work. And Mm -hmm. so at the last step of our interview process, we basically tell the candidate, hey, we're super impressed with your qualifications. We feel like you'd be great at the work that we do here. However, the next step is an observation where we're going to block off some time for you to come back and interview us. 
So we, we're going to give you a full hour of our undivided attention with one of our most senior reps. They're going to answer every single question you have. They're going to give you a full tour of all the offices, all the processes, all the technology that we use. So you're going to have a, a very, very, very good understanding of what the expectations are. And so we fully want you to interview us. And then at the end of it, just uh, write us an email and let us know how good of a culture fit you would feel like you would be with our family. And it's awesome because you know we get back these sort of persuasive essays back from these candidates that are identifying that we have a fun, competitive environment, that this would be a challenging role, you know, that it's something that they feel would better themselves and, you know, make them better prepared for their future career. And so they, they basically write us that email before they ever even come on board. So I would highly suggest to have an observation. That's something that, that definitely, first of all, it's going to cut out a lot of unwanted uh, costs on your hiring process because you never want to spend the money to hire someone who doesn't want to work there, but give them a taste of it. Give them a full, you know, swig of the, of the Kool-Aid, as I like to say, uh, before they even come on board. So that's one of the tools, observation, um, that I like to definitely encourage everyone to do. Another one that's super easy and that's really uh, helped us build and scale our, our company to the heights that it's at is, is a mastermind, a company mastermind. So when we started growing early on, you know, we, we're hiring all these people and basically saying, hey, there's this general problem that we're solving, go solve it. Mm-hmm. But once you start bringing more minds and more experiences to the plate, you get more minds and more experiences. You get more things to, to sort of mastermind around. So in those early, early days, as soon as we started finding that there was more than one way to do things, we basically started having our own company masterminds. And so, you know, the first one started with just me and like my first three employees and one pizza. Now we basically, you know, order a stack of pizzas and, and have the whole half of the office basically filled up with our employees. But it's once a month. It's a super simple formula. Anybody can follow it. We basically bring everybody in. We bribe them with pizza. So it's off the clock. You know, we don't require it. We don't want to require anybody to, to want to be a part of our culture. It's just more of an invitation so it's voluntary. We bribe them with pizza. They come in. We do a little bit of time to acknowledge everybody for living by our core values. Just a little bit of peer recognition kind of gets everybody's spirits up and gets you in the right mood. And then we go around the circle and every single person stands up, no matter whether they've been with us for two years or two days. And they, they give us their number one strength, like the thing that they think we're doing really well as a company. And then the biggest opportunity. So, you know, what is the one thing that if we improve would, would make the greatest impact in our business? So it might be an inconsistency or something they're unsure of how to do, or maybe some new idea that they have. And so we go all the way, all the way around the room, we write down all the positives, all the negatives, and then we start tackling all the negatives and start brainstorming ideas. And, you know, we've done that now for f- over four years, every single month. So, you know, that's probably 48 something masterminds that we've had in our company history. And, you know, it was just that insight that I had early on that, I don't need to be the one that has all the right answers. I don't need to come up with all the ideas. You know, tap into your, um, to your talent. And, um, you know, that's a, that's a huge thing that millennials uh, are driven by is given sort of a sense of ownership, uh, given a sense of, um, you know, getting to learn different things that they're good at, things that, things that they're not good at. And so more of those group type of environments and learning environments where people can stand up and, you know, they're just giving ideas and sharing ideas. It's not about being right or being wrong. Those types of environments are, really 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 and how, and how do you make sure they're not reluctant like oh i'm not going to say anything bad i'm brand new or i don't deserve you know what i mean like how do you how do you make sure it flows yeah so we uh, we, we basically have our new people are, are definitely highly encouraged to be here because they've never been to a mastermind before so we have you know some marketing content around our office to market to our own people the the, the power of our masterminds uh, but essentially if you're a brand new employee then we basically lean on our trainers to kind of say hey you better be bringing your new employees to the mastermind 
because once they come to the first one, again, because it's voluntary, and once they come to the first one, they get a taste of it. They're like, wow, this is incredible. I've never been a part of a company that does anything like this. Like, this is super cool. We've even had employees that uh, have, I had an employee walk up to me one time and this brand new employee walked up, introduced me. He said, hey, uh, I just wanted to introduce myself. Um, I was at home one day reading Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich. And my roommate came home talking about this mastermind that he was just a part of for his work. And I said, I have to work at that company. If they have masterminds, I'm going to work for them. And so <laughs> it's, it's cool. Because most people never know, don't even know what a mastermind is. Exactly. Right? You know, was, I think Napoleon Hill was the one who invented the term almost. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, it's in, uh, it's in, he kind of introduced the concept in uh, Think and Grow Rich. And so it's cool that when you build things like that, uh, it attracts those like-minded individuals. Yeah, right. One plus one is five, right? Yeah. I mean, the more, the, more, the more heads you get thinking about it, the, more, the, the faster you're going to come to the solution, right? Yeah. 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 Wow. Now, th- th- this has been uh, great stuff, Josh. So, Josh, listen, here's the deal. As you know, everybody that comes on the show brings a free gift. Yep. And um, what we do with that free gift, by the way, is I'm going to put it up on Josh's show notes. Uh, it's going to be hybendigital.com backslash Josh Cunningham. And it's C-U-N-N-I-N-G-H-A-M, C-U-N-N-I-N-G-H-A-M hybendigital.com backslash Josh Cunningham. I'm going to put all his contact information. I'm going to put links to Rockerbox. If you guys want to check it out, it is a, a massively successful way to close leads, buyers, and sellers. Takes it off of your plate so you can focus on doing the hard stuff, the important stuff, which is meeting and having relationships with buyers and sellers. And uh, it can all be there, and it's all in you know in the state of Texas. So, it's all, you know, all, all, all their callers are local, let's say, uh, local to, you know, North America. So, okay, so uh, Josh, what's your free gift? Yeah, so uh, the free gift that I gave was is kind of twofold here. I wanted to help you out on the internet lead conversion side, and I wanted to help you out on the millennial side. So what I'm providing here is our customer service evaluation. This is a custom form that we've developed over the years of, uh, of making phone calls. We've worked over 2 million internet leads now, and it's essentially, it's the flow of our conversation, but it's, in, it's broken up into a scorecard. And so this is an actual tool that we use to measure our callers' uh, quality. And again, in speaking of things that millennials are attracted to, they, they, they love being measured and they love being known where they measure up. And so this is one of our performance tools that we use. Uh, we'll use it to give uh, on secret shops. Uh, we'll also use it just to list it in on calls, but it's, it's a standard that you can actually go to and say, these are the things that we're looking for. This is good. This is great. This is exceptional. And it's an actual scorecarded way to have that coaching conversation with one of our callers. And so um, anyway, I advise you to look through it, apply it to your business. It breaks down, you know, all the necessary steps of converting an online lead um, of that initial phone conversation, which is what we um, were were the experts here at Rockerbox. But uh, more importantly, look at it from the evaluation tool and, and think of developing something like that similar with your team, whether it be your buyer presentation, whether it be your listing presentation, but start to create a formulaic way for how you can actually uh, I'm sorry, measure your agent's performance and give them areas where they can improve on it so that they can know how to get better and better every day. Yeah, man, those are those are bombastic gifts, guys. Those those are those are really good stuff. It'll all be there. And of course, I'm also going to put it for you guys in the uh, agent success toolbox, which can be found on hybendigital.com backslash toolbox or a very easy way uh, you can get the entire toolbox, including Josh's gifts. 
which basically is a toolbox of all the gifts of every guest that's come on the show. Just uh, text the word toolbox. That's toolbox to 444-999. That's toolbox to 444-999. Josh, this has been awesome, buddy. I cannot say I've ever been to College Station, Texas, but uh, after uh, doing a show with Terry and after doing a show with you, I I want to come out there. So uh, uh, someday I'll be out there. We'll get together and break some bread. You could tour me around uh, Rocker Box and show me show me what you got. You got it, man. We'd be happy to. Thanks for having us on the show, Pat. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much for tuning in to Real Estate Rockstars. If this free content is giving you a ton of value, I want to ask a small favor in return. I need you to pull out your pointing finger and hit the subscribe button yes hit subscribe please the more subscribers that we get on real estate rock stars the better guests are attracted to the shows we'll get more guests from the top companies from the top teams and even more celebrity guests like robert kiyosaki and barbara corcoran also if you're not a member of our free facebook group Go to Real Estate Rockstars Radio right on Facebook and join the conversation. I'm on there myself on FaceTime Lives, and we have a lot of communications and questions about the show, and I'd love to see you there. And it's free. People ask me all the time, where am I on social media? I'm real easy to find. Just type in my name. My IG is I am Pat Hyben. It is blowing up on Instagram, adding tons of subscribers, and I'm on there probably twice a day, so definitely follow me on Instagram, as well as everywhere else. Thanks again for listening, and keep rocking. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.